Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike here with BeastNet and I've got with me Kim Butcher. Kim, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, um, I'm me. Um, I don't know exactly what to talk about. <laughs> uh, start at the beginning. What what got you into OCR? What got me in? Um, I had some friends at the gym that I've been going to for about eight something years. I don't even know how long. And somebody said, "Hey, let's do this warrior dash." And so we did. And um, it was so much fun, and I loved every single bit about it. And so they said, well, let's do this Tough Mudder. And I said, okay. And we did Tough Mudder. And then I ended up doing my first Spartan that year as well. And that kind of took off from there. What year was that? That was 2013. Wow. It's been a while. So. Yeah. Not not consistent, though. There's a couple, there's two years that I didn't really do much in there, but. Yeah, 2015, 2014, I did my first trifecta in all the local nice. OCR you know, races. And then 2015, I kind of went a little crazy and uh, <laughs> went all over the place, met a million people. So I know people like everywhere. It's amazing. Yeah. So if I go and do a race out of state now, I have somebody to do it with and somebody to stay with. And it's pretty, yeah, pretty awesome. awesome. And now you live in Colorado, correct? I live in Colorado in Lakewood, just outside of Denver. I swear, there's a town named Lakewood in every state. I think there is. <laughs> I've, I've I've seen that, which is weird. I think there's a town everywhere, and every every town is everywhere. Yeah, pretty much. I just know that, like, <laughs> I live in Puyallup, and Lakewood, you know, Washington is only, you know, about five miles from me. My grandma lives in Lakewood, California. Which is right outside oh of Anaheim. Gosh. So yeah. So it's funny to hear that there's a Lakewood, Colorado too. They, so, they run out of they run out of names to call places. Yeah, it's like Springfield with the Simpsons, Simpsons where they say they're from Springfield but never say what actual Springfield they're from. So <laughs> So and like I said, you're in Colorado, um, and part of Core, right? The Colorado Obscore Course Racers? Loosely. Yes. Okay. So I started out with them, but I don't really do a whole lot. Yeah. It happens, you know. But so you were saying, you know, kind of you started 2013, 2015, you really kind of pushed it with, or 14, 15, you started pushing it with Spartan and the other races. Mm -hmm. So what kind of kept you, kept you going? Well, they, the, they changed up the obstacles. Well, it's my fire, um, the adrenaline, and the, the I, don't, I don't compete against anyone else, but it's the competition against myself, I guess, to yeah. see how much better I can get. And there's been a lot of fears that I've been able to overcome doing these races. Um, my first, no, awesome. my very first, I'm sorry. Oh, so that's awesome. So go ahead. Yeah. Now my very first beast was in Temecula in 2014, oh. and it was 
100 and I don't even remember 13 degrees or something. And so just to get through that. Was that where the Helmacula name came from? Where they started calling it Helmacula? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I always heard it was called the Helmacula. And I always, yeah, oh. that would explain where it came from if it was 113 degrees, but yeah. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, they so. cut off part of the course for snake, rattlesnakes. No, that's so, always good. That was very a memorable, memorable course. But so, yeah, just to be able to get through all that stuff mentally and physically and, and I'm, I'm, you know, in no way can, like, top of the top. I just do me. I don't <laughs> And that's all you but can do. I mean, it's all, it's all about, you know, I always tell everyone, for me, it's always about being better than I was yesterday. Exactly. So, exactly. Just better. And I yourself. wish I would have found these ones. I wish I would have had these when I was 20. Yeah. But I'm not 20 oh, anymore, I so. <laughs> I know that feeling. I tell myself that all the time. <laughs> if they would have had these 20 years ago when I was 20, that this would be, you know, completely different. But completely now my body, you know. Yeah. Yeah, my, my body is completely destroyed over years of doing damage and not paying the right attention to it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So what what races do you like the best? Spartan. I know you do a lot of you've done a lot of Spartans, <laughs> and you're you were part of street team, which I am. I I know all about the street team and the the all that fun stuff. So, yeah. So what what yeah. what's your favorite? My favorite race? Yeah. Um, I just all of them, I guess. <laughs> I love that Spartan's my favorite. <laughs> like, I like them all. They all have good points to them, which is why I keep yeah. doing them over and over again. And they, they change up the course and they change up the obstacles. And I get, like, friends that have never done it before into it. And so it's, they're all fun in their own way, but... Spartans always, I'm very loyal to Spartans because of, I feel like it changed who I was um, yeah. from just over the course of the years and everything I've been able to get through this, you know, 113 degrees weather and, and Breckenridge last year was freezing, hypothermic and, and just abilities that I can do that. It's so awesome. Yeah, no, no, that is. And I mean, that's kind of, you know, I feel the same way. It's kind of Spartan was the one that I've tried all the other ones kind of first, and then Spartan was the one that really kind of changed me, though. I think part of that's the community, and it's a good community. I mean, OCR in general has a good community, but I think Spartan, at least in my experience, has probably the best. I agree. There are those people that are Tough Mudder, you know, loyals, and there's Spartan loyals, and there's... Yeah. I've never done like a bone frog or anything, but everybody's got their loyalty, and that's that's just awesome. No, it is. So, just trying to think. <laughs> what? I just don't know how to bring it up, really, but you know where I'm going, probably. The yeah. the incident, or you know, the accident. What? It's a crash. It's not an accident. It's a crash. No, it wasn't an accident. <laughs> it's a crash. No, it was a crash. It was, it was, it was, it was definitely not. Horrible crash. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know how to really. So I, how did that. How was it coming back from that? 
I mean, if you want to explain to everyone what happened, I mean, that, that's up to you. I, I mean, if you don't want to talk about it, I'm okay with that too. I just, I, you know, I remember it, hearing about it because I was in Vegas the next weekend or it was like, what, two or three weekends later. But I remember hearing about it from Stacy and everybody else and just, it was horrible. But I mean, it's one of those things that, yeah, I don't know how it would be tough to come back from. Uh, you know, I've used all of the the things that I learned from doing Spartan races to come back from it, I, 100%. And I don't know, you know, if I was, if I hadn't been doing these races and I hadn't been putting myself through these mentally and physically exhausting things, I don't know that I would have been able to come back as well as I have. And, and you know, it's so much of that is mental. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really... I'm really proud of myself for that in a weird way, but I still have a lot of mental stuff that I'm working on. But, um, so we were on, we were on our way to the Arizona Spartan race and, uh, when it happened and it was late at night and, um, 18 year old at the time, three times over the legal limit rear ended us and caused this catastrophic event in my life <laughs> and yeah. and and Karina lost her life and you know it's, yeah. it's it's been a it's been a thing I guess probably more people know about it than I even realize because a lot of people are like oh you're that one and you know thanks it's not something I want to be known for <laughs> uh, no <laughs> but I mean not known for the accident but known for the the courage and everything you've had to come back. I mean, it's yeah. You've had some gruesome injuries, and I mean, some major injuries, and to to work your way back from that is amazing. So, I mean, that's yeah. that's great. I, I can't explain that. <laughs> to be honest, I, <laughs> I pushed and I pushed and I pushed, and and nobody was going to tell me no. And there, yeah. there's actually my ortho doctor in the beginning. I did I did my very first race in want to say June or July of 2017 after everything had happened and I walked like the dirty girl mud run course not really expecting yeah. to be able to do anything but really wanting to be in that atmosphere again and just being a part of something and uh so I did all these things and I was walking 5k's with some friends and my times were really awful and I was in a lot of pain but I kept doing it and I would go in and talk to my ortho doctors, and he'd be like, oh, you're doing great. Everything's healing. You're looking awesome. And I'd never told him what I was doing. With the thought that, you know, he says I'm doing great, so I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. I'm just not going to really tell him. And then um, eventually I did come clean, and I had written all the races I had done. Not racing, you know, walking. Um, everything that I'd been doing and my times and and how far and all that crap, and I wrote it all down, and I gave it to him, and he, he just sat there, and he's like, I don't even understand this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I, I don't know either, but here I am, and I probably got myself moving and walking and back on the course ten times faster than anyone else. I don't know. Yeah. And that's awesome. I mean, that shows true grit. I mean, it's one of those things that I've said before because I've had injuries, nothing as, as major as yours, but 
you know, I made the choice to pretty much sit on my butt and eat potato chips, and now I'm paying for it, <laughs> where, you know, you did the complete opposite and pushed yourself harder. And, I mean, I, you know, I let my, I let my become an excuse, and that was my own fault. Yeah. I'm, I'm paying for it now and fixing it. But you did the complete opposite and just pushed yourself to the limit and kept going. And, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I was running from a lot of stuff in my head, too. So it was e easier to deal with the physical than the mental parts. So that was a huge part of it, too. I could see it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was a horrible experience, everything else. I mean, yeah. There, there, there'd yeah. be a lot to run from in your head at that point. So I've, yeah. I couldn't even imagine. So. <clears throat> I've investigated every single part of what happened, trying to find an explanation. And I know logically there's never going to be an explanation. He was just a drunk kid and he made a, a horrible, horrible decision. But I yeah. know like inside and out, the pictures and the depositions. and I, So everything is kind of dull to me now because mm. I've come to terms with all of that, if that makes sense. So I can talk about it. Yeah. It still sucks, but... I don't know if that's good or not. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's, it could go either way. It depends on who you ask, I think. But, you know, whatever works for you. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I try and I'm working with MAD and I'm going to be talking to people. Um, I've, I've gone to, I'm going to start speaking at some of these meetings where MAD has like, people that have been arrested or or whatever for drunk driving or drug driving or under the influence of whatever, they have to go to these mandatory court meeting things and a victim um, will talk to them about what's happened to them and, and Matt comes and talks and it's actually organized by Matt. And so the last one I went to, there was over 100 people in this room and they do these wow. meetings once a month all over the state, which is just mind blowing. But um, they have to listen to these stories, and you hope that someone will listen enough that they won't make that decision again. And that's so massively important to me now is to try and get through people. Just, like, I don't care if you drink, but just don't get in the car. Yeah. It's and so I, completely preventable. It is. And it's one of those things that, you know, I just, yeah, I applaud you for doing that. And going and doing those talks, I mean, it's one of those things just to kind of, you can tell people over and over again, hey, this kind of stuff happens. And it doesn't sink in, I think, until you have somebody who's been like, hey, this stuff happens because it happened to me. Yeah. And then you tell your story and they're all like, oh, and it becomes real at that point, I think, to people. So well, that's just some. So there's still, there's still some you can't get through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I figure it's a win if you can get through, you know, even a handful, then that's at least a handful that may have changed their their actions. Yeah. I mean, if, if honestly, it's one of those things I would think, I mean, if you save one, one person from the trauma like that you've gone through and everything else, then you've, you've succeeded. Yeah. Hundred. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy.
So do you do these, the, the MAD, is it something you're just starting to do and that you do occasionally, or is it something that you're going to continue and do a lot of? I haven't started speaking yet. I'm still working on okay. my speech, and that's really hard to figure out what exactly to come up with to make an impression on someone. If I could talk for an hour and, and nobody would care, you know, tune me out. So I'm trying yeah. to figure out how I can say it in a way that someone's actually going to pay attention. Um, but I've gone to watch two of them, and I've gotten some ideas. And that's my goal for this year is to get to get going with that so I can go speak. Um, and, and, you know, that's important. My my thing now, it's my, my life has taken this completely different direction, and I'm, I'm going to take the opportunities that I have and use them to the uh -huh. best of my ability. And I want to keep creating this memory alive. Important to me too. And yeah, I can. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And I mean, it's kind of one of those things I think with obstacle course racing kind of sets us up differently because we look at things as like an obstacle in a way that we need to find a way to use that obstacle to better ourselves. Right. And that really seems to be what you've done. I mean, you took this horrible thing that happened to you and Trina and have used it to empower other people and try and get other people, let other people understand that they shouldn't be dry, drinking uh, drinking and driving. Right. I mean, that's amazing. So. And, and it, I did it. So I, I did that. I drank and I got in the car and I drove thinking I was completely fine. So I'm trying to use my experience too. I'm like, I'm not going to sit up there and, and talk down to someone because that's being a hypocrite. I did it. Luckily, nothing happened. But how easily that could have been me in that car and not an 18-year-old kid. I mean, I could have been an 18-year-old me. I didn't drink yeah. when I was 18, but. <laughs> no, uh, but but I get it. I mean, I've, you know, I mean, I'll say it. I hate to say it, but I've been guilty of it. It's been a while, but I've been guilty of it. Um, just like, oh, I'll be fine. You know, I'm only going a little bit, yeah. a little bit. You know, and it's, we've all, nine out of ten people have done it at least once. It's just yeah. a matter of getting yeah. people not to, to think a little bit more about it, you know. I mean, with, mm -hmm. and I'll be honest, what's actually funny right now is I have a 24-year-old that's in the other room that has been hearing most of this who is going through those mad things right now because he got his first DUI about six months ago. Oh, so. bad. So well, honestly, it, it sounds bad and to say it's too bad, but honestly, I don't think it's too bad. I mean, in a lot of ways, I think it sounds bad to say it. It's probably the best thing that can happen no, I, to a lot of kids. Yeah, I guess. To get caught. Because they get caught yeah. and then, yeah, and then it's an eye-opening thing. I mean, the thing is, you know, I think back to how many times I did it and I did it, you know, more than once because I got away with mm -hmm. it. Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm fine. It was fine last time. It'll be fine this time. You know, and it's, you know, I, I think it's, in a lot of ways, it's good for people to get caught early, do whatever they have to do, take care of it, fix it, and know not to do it again. Never I do mean, it again. Yeah. It's like to, to realize how, what they have to go through and what it could have done by going to the MAD meetings and listening to people like you talk and say, hey, this is what happened because somebody chose to drink and drive mm -hmm. 
and how much it's changed your life and Karina's family's life and ended hers. You know, I mean, it's, I think it, it's a way to try and open up to somebody. Some, like you said, some of them are never going to get it. And others, they're going to come back from it and be like, eh, you know, I mm-hmm. made a, I made a poor decision. Nobody got hurt this time, this time, you know, right. but next time right. it could be a completely mm-hmm. different story. Exactly. And that's not something anybody should ever, ever, ever go through. It's it's terrible. Not not even from my point and Karina's point, but that kid has destroyed his life. Oh, yeah. He has to live with that for the rest of his life that he killed someone. A a normal person will not come back from that. I mean, to a point they will, but like you said, for the rest of his life, he has to know that he made a decision that changed two people's lives and ended another's. Mm-hmm. So, because there was three people in the car, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And it's just, yeah. Like I said, I remember, I remember because it was 2017. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing about it because I was at Vegas, which was pretty much, I think, the next Spartan race after that. And I yeah. keep thinking, I think it was only a week or two after. And I remember Stacy telling, you know, I'd seen a little bit on Facebook, but then I remember Stacy telling me about it because you were a street team member. So, of course, you know, he was talking to all of us about it because we're, we're all street team members. And then Matt, Matt Solomon from Warrior State of Mind, he actually, because you guys mm-hmm. were all core members of core, he asked us all, he's like, who wants to run the sprint with me? And we're going to co- carry the core flag. You know, yeah, I saw remember that. pretty awesome. So it was kind of one of those things. I was, I'd never met you guys. I think actually I might have met you one time, but just because we've both been street team for, I've been street team since 15. So I think we might have met at one point, but I don't remember. It's, I go to so many races and I meet so many people, I kind of forget. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, you think about it when it happens and you're like, that could have been any of us. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how many yep. of us, I mean, normally I fly to Vegas, but when I go to Montana, I drive, you know, me and my wife and sometimes a friend, you know, another person will drive out to Montana and back. I mean, that could have been any of us. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's, oh, it, it gives you the chills to think about it. And I mean, it changes your yeah. life forever. I mean, it changes four people's lives, well, more than that, because you've got everyone's families, too. But it changed families, so friends, many people's lives. Families, coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I no longer do road trips. I, like, two hours in the car is my max. I, I, don't, I, 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 I cannot sit in the back seat, because that's where I was when it happened. But I still have a lot of hang-ups with that, and I don't know that they'll go away. But, you know, it is. I'm doing my best. And that's all you can do is your best. And I mean, you, like I said, I mean, you, you, you amaze me with how much you've come back from it. I mean, I've seen so many people with, I mean, I, I remember seeing and everything else, some of the, the, the extent of some of your injuries. I mean, you were, you didn't even get to go home for a while, right? No, After I was accident. in the hospital. Yeah, I was in the hospital for 16 days, and then I had to live with my parents for three months-ish. Uh, 
it was three and a half months, I don't remember. And then um, when I had when I had my my intestines put back together because I had an ostomy bag for a while, then I had to live with them for a couple weeks again. And that's just like you you just lose your entire sense of self because there's nothing like I yeah. couldn't do anything for myself. I couldn't take care of my daughter. I couldn't I couldn't take care of my dogs. Um, it's just helpless, and it was so I, I worked extra hard too for that too because I wanted to get home and I wanted to be able to take care of my daughter and take her to school and all those little things you take for granted that that I just wanted to do. I wanted to take a shower, you know, without sitting in a chair and yeah. and and drive a car, even though I didn't want to drive a car. I had to drive a car. <laughs> I had to get my kid to school and. <laughs> Those are some of the things you have to like overcome. I mean, you had a, such a horrible experience, and it's like I don't ever want to drive a car again. But well, I have to. Yep, I have to. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Awful. <laughs> Other people scare me to death, but you know, I'm I'm independent, and I don't want to rely on my parents again. But, you know, they took care yeah. of me as a kid, and and then no more. I'm done. <laughs> I have my own place. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still good to have parents that'll step up when you, know, oh, yeah. you have that oh, yeah. kind of thing. But I mean, it's just oh, I couldn't even imagine. I mean, and like I said, I mean, a lot of people would have taken that. I mean, I had a simple broken foot and used as an excuse to. I still race because I'm crazy, but I didn't do anything between the races. I pretty much sat on my couch, ate potato chips, and gained seventy pounds. But <laughs> I mean, you had extensive injuries, you know, and you kept going. I mean, how long was it till your first race after the after the the crash? Uh, it was June or July, whenever the dirty girl was, and I don't remember exactly. So, my last surgery, well, my fifth surgery. I've had six now. My fifth surgery was in May. Um, so it was after May. I had to be shielded enough that I could get dirty. So it's probably yeah. a lie. I'd have to look it up. I don't know, but so um, it wasn't like a filthy race. It was, yeah. Yeah. Probably. I think yeah. I walked a few 5Ks in there. That amazes me. I mean, that's some, yeah. that's some great determination that you don't see a lot anymore. I mean, like I said, I mean, most time, you know, most time people do what I did. They use an excuse to, to not do anything. Oh, I'm injured. I can't do anything. Take care of me. And you, <laughs> you were the complete opposite of that. <laughs> I couldn't, yeah, it's just who I am, I guess. I couldn't imagine doing it any differently. Was, I don't know, but... Here I am, had six surgeries total. I thought I was going to have to have a seventh, but I just talked to a specialist. And this, like this whole time, I was told that I was going to have to have my knee replaced at some point because of how badly yeah. I was injured. And then the specialist told me, no, that we can't do that. You don't have enough stability in there for a hardware to go in and replace it. So. It's kind of shocking, but I understand his reasoning. So I, they may go in and do like bone grafts and fill in the holes in my in my tibia with um, 
um, I don't know if it comes from me or cadaver or whatever, but <clears throat> I still have a lot of weakness in my leg, and I don't really run. But, yeah. It makes me mad. Sometimes I just... Okay. Oh, go ahead. Uh, just sometimes I, I just get so angry, not like at anyone or anything, but just angry that I can't do what I used to be able to do, and I can't get stronger, I guess, because I have limitations, and it, it makes me mad. Yeah. I and I try really hard not to dwell on it. Because there's nothing, you know, nothing I can change, nothing I can do. I just I keep trying. Yeah. And it's one of those things, I mean, that really, I mean, put it in perspective. I mean, you were basically just talking about you have holes in your tibia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if the listeners didn't catch that, she has holes in her tibia. I mean, that's <laughs> that, that's something, yeah. that's saying something. I mean, you have holes in your tibia, and you're, you're still out there doing these races. You're like, cool, that sucks. I'm not going to be able to run as well. <laughs> But I'm gonna go do it anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. And my my the 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 bottom part of my knee, so the top of my tibia, was completely shattered, and yeah, like down far enough that that that's why they can't put any hardware in there because there's there wouldn't be anything stable enough for the metal to go into to hold it, and it would actually. It would actually make me worse because then I would have yeah. severe limitations and I wouldn't be able to do probably a third of what I'm doing now. So, like, all right, I'll suck it up, I guess. <laughs> how, how did they do that one? That's the same, like, because my dad had a shoulder replaced and basically they, it's a big spike and they shove mm-hmm. that down into the bone. Is it pretty much right. the same thing? Yeah. 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 Yeah, except they couldn't do that to mine because mine would probably just disintegrate. <laughs> yeah, I remember them showing me the, the, the hardware they were going to put into my dad's shoulder, and they're like, this is what it looks like. And I'm like, that looks like a Viking-like war hammer or something. I mean, are you going to stick that in the <laughs> shoulder? <laughs> I know, it's crazy. But it helps. Is he doing good now? Yeah, he is. I mean, it's been 15 years. I mean, he, uh, he totaled the motorcycle. And when he did, his shoulder, oh. the, the ball of his shoulder pretty much just shattered. They showed me the x-rays, and they're like, yeah, that's his shoulder. I'm like, oh, ow. <laughs> like, there was no, like, the ball was gone. There was nothing there. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah, it shattered so much you couldn't even see, like, remnants of it. It's like, oh. Yeah. yeah so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... <laughs> Like I said, I mean, it, it amazes me that you came back. I mean, what plans do you have coming up? I mean, obviously you're you're doing more races and all that kind of stuff, so you're still going. But what plans do you have for this year? Well, last year I got 10 trifectas, and I don't plan on doing that again. That was kind of my way of proving to myself that I'm still me. And I don't know how yeah. to describe it other than I'm not this broken person. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I just went out and I did all these crazy things. And so this year, I kind of want to. I'm not doing any more beasts or supers. It's just too hard on my leg. So I've decided yeah. I'm gonna stick to sprints. Kind of want to do um, some stadiums. I haven't done those since 15. 
I want to go places where my friends are and take my kid and see things. That's kind of my goal this year is to get out and see the world a little bit and hang out with friends and not like this year I was out in my weekend I'd fly in Friday night and I'd fly out Sunday afternoon it was like bam bam get it done get out get back to work um, so this time I, I just kind of want to go see things you know I've, I've been to all these cool places but I've never seen what's out there yeah and my daughter's 15 and and she's She's a teenager, <laughs> and she's she's difficult to deal with sometimes. So us getting yeah, out and doing some fun things, like she uh, she bear, she bears the brunt of of most of this because I was not able to do things for a while because like she wanted to go to Disneyland and like I can't go to Disneyland. I can't even hardly walk, and so I just want to make it up to her, I guess. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's so. She isn't one of these Spartans. <laughs> no, no. I've got her to do like a graffiti run once, and uh, a bubble run or something. And then she's 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 a dancer. She doesn't want to do any of that dirty stuff. Yeah, see, I've got a I've got a 16 year old boy, my youngest, and he's done. He got his first trifecta last year. So, but oh, it so took awesome. a lot of talking. Took a lot of talking him into it, but. But we do also as like a family, we make sure like once a month we do a 5K, at least, at least a 5K. So as a family, so, but it's, but the one thing I got, I want to point out here too, is like for the listeners, she kind of glossed over this really quick as she said it, but that was 10, right? <laughs> 10 trifecta. 10, yeah, 10. Yeah. <laughs> kind of wanted to. I actually, I actually did 31 that. races. I had, I had an extra sprint in there. <laughs> Yeah. So ten trifecta. You know, after yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, sorry, we, we talked about the, the horrible injuries that you have holes in your tibia, you know, that there's not enough bone there that for them to attach anything metal to so that they could give you a replace, knee replacement and then you're like, Yeah, I, I did ten trifectas last year and just kinda of glossed <laughs> over it really quick, like it was it was nothing. I, I was impressed yeah. the year I got three. <laughs> so yeah. Well, it's yeah. I it's just like, like I just did me. I don't know how it's like people say I'm an inspiration, and it's, I don't understand that because I just don't understand it. So it's, it's kind of a weird thing. I, I don't I don't know how to take it or do with it or I don't know. But the, but that's what makes you an inspiration, in all honesty. For me, anyway, I'm the kind of person what makes you an inspiration to me is the fact that you don't understand it. <laughs> Does that make sense? I mean, it's it's the fact that you're not like, hey, I'm an inspiration. Check me out. You're like, I don't know oh, why no, you're God. inspired by me. I'm just being me. This is who I am. And that's that's what inspires me. You You are just you. This is just you. It's not an act. It's not a anything. This is just you being you. Mm-hmm. So that that's the yeah. part to me that's inspirational. Yeah. So so you're you're gonna take it a little easier this year, not ten trifectas, and just do some no. some sprint no. and go see the see the site. That's the thing. I I I understand that completely. Like my first or my second year, really doing it, I did uh, like Vegas and stuff, where literally like I flew in Friday night, 
went and did the races Saturday because that was the year that they only had one and like 16 was the first time I did Vegas. They only had the one race. It was before mm-hmm. they made it a double weekend. So I flew in, did the race, volunteered for street team for a little bit. And I don't even think I got my full four hours. And I'm like, Stacy, I got to go because I got to be on a plane in like, an, you know, an hour and a half. And it's an hour and a half back to the airport. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, I was in Vegas for less than 24 hours and saw nothing but the, you know, the course. And that's kind of, you know, sounds like you were saying what you did this last year. It's like pretty much fly in, race, jump on a plane and get back out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, a couple of times, you know, we'd have like three or four of us stuffed in a hotel room. Just Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome, but at the same time, it was it was exhausting. So I come back to work on Monday and just like, oh my god, I need a weekend just to relax. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't back want. The weekend. I need a break now. I need a break but. now. I gotta take the day off. Just yeah, I'm working part time now for an arthritis doctor, and that's nice. been awesome. I I I've been an X-ray tech for 11 years. So when when everything happened and I they were taking me into the hospital and knew like everything that they were doing to me because I've been there. I was I was that doing it to other people, never never thinking that it was gonna be me laying there. Yeah. <laughs> so that was weird. But I knew everything they were doing and it was just kinda like, all right, just do what you gotta do and tell me when tell me when I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's I think that would almost be worse. Because most time I mean I'm accident prone, so I've been injured enough times. Usually, when I'm looking at an X-ray, I'm like, "Oh, oops, I know what I'm looking at," because I've seen <laughs> like my entire body X-rayed at different points. But I think for like an X-ray tech, it would be even worse because you really know what no, you're looking actually, at. I, I thought it was easier because I understood what they were doing, and I wasn't scared. Yeah. I don't know if I had the capability at that point to be scared because my system was all jacked up and I don't I don't know I just I just remember like do whatever you got to do and there was one time though they had to they took me down to x-ray my jaw because I hit my head hard enough and I dislocated part of my jaw and, um, so they took me down to x-ray it and I told them how to x-ray me because <laughs> I had you know my I had bars in my leg and and my tibia and my femur had x fix holding my my leg together because I couldn't go in and put the hardware in to fix my leg quite yet. So I had that, and then I had an ostomy bag because my I lost uh, 15 inches of my large intestines and my spleen, so I I was disconnected for a while, and so I had all this stuff, and you know, and I can't sit up really well, and I. It was just terrible, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna do this, and you're gonna push me here, and and I'm gonna hold this. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Okay, whatever works. So, <laughs> I thought that was funny oh. at the time. <laughs> no, no, it, I can. Uh, what's bad is I'm picturing my head, and I'm. I, I, yeah, I think it's. Yeah. It would be. Like, hey, I've been here before. I know what we should be doing. This is how we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So like I know how, I know what they want to do, and they don't know like how they can get me that that way because of I was limited in what I 
how I could move around. And trying to put yeah. your chin in this machine, it's like one of those dental ones um, that goes all the way over your head when, you, when you're all yeah. jacked up. <laughs> it's kind of difficult. But we got it. We did it. I couldn't imagine that. That would be crazy. And I'm guessing you never get to go to an MRI again. No, I can do MRIs. It's fine. I had the metal removed. That was my oh, last okay. surgery in um, May of last year. That was my last surgery. They took all the metal and stuff out of my leg. Yeah, that would just be weird, having metal. The yeah. most I've ever had, I had, a lot, I had too. A metal. I had a metal pin in my finger at one point because I cut it off, but... Um, but yeah, it's the only time I've ever had metal. Yeah, well, it was just a, just a tip. I, I cut the my right pinky, I, like right above the last knuckle, I cut it off. Um, mm -hmm. And the ba the worst part was I was sitting in the hospital with my my boss was with me, and I'm sitting there, and the doctor came in, and he's talking to me, and I look right at him, and I'm like, "You have to fix my pinky, doc. The shocker doesn't work without a pinky." Oh, geez. <laughs> and my boss just kind of did this look at me like, did you really just say that? I'm like, hey, Dad, that was the perfect time for that joke. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. What did the doctor do? He just laughed. He, he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, geez. But he saved it. So, I mean, they, they put it back. That's good. So, yeah, That's good. It was yeah, it was my own. That was one of those, like, where you do something and then you look at yourself like, well, that was stupid. So. <laughs> yeah, we've all had those moments. Yeah. Like I said, I, I've seen pretty much most of my body in an x-ray because I've broken most of it. So, oh, every to the extent that you arthritis have, so. all over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, both my knees are shot. I shattered my foot two years ago, you know. Oh, my gosh. I've cut my pinky off, broke a shoulder. Yeah, I'm, I was that kid that, you know, pretty much when I was a kid, they were like, hey, we're going to do this. Well, that looks dangerous. Mike, you do it first, and if you live, will the rest of us try it? <laughs> I'm like, cool, sounds good. Yeah, so, so well, if you were an x-ray tech up here when I was a kid, you would have seen me a lot. I was really good friends with my x-ray tech. Yeah. <laughs> Frequent flyers, yeah, we, we, we get to know those people very well. Yeah, yeah, we we were good friends. We would talk about concerts and stuff, but she always wore like the Cure and Depeche Mode T-shirts, and I'm like, I want to be your friend. So that's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love music. Oh yeah. My goal, one of my goals this year was to um, do this canine biathlon that they're having in Alabama with my dog mm -hmm. that I just adopted, but it's the same weekend as my daughter's recital. Oh. So, yes, and I was so excited. It's uh, obstacles when you take your dogs. Oh. It's for for anything like police handlers and um, military dogs and civilian dogs and all kinds of stuff. So, I got this dog. She, I have three dogs actually. But this my last dog, my youngest. She was in a shelter in New Mexico. And I came across her in a Facebook post that one of the people that I was texting with that night, um, one of the last people I talked to, she shared this post of these animals that needed homes in New Mexico. So why me in Colorado clicked on it, I don't know what I did. 
and this little little puppy, and she had the same name as my daughter. Right. And yeah, so my friend posted it who I talked to that night. She's in New Mexico where the crash was, and she has the same name as my daughter. So I messaged them and I the this rescue group, and I said, if you can get this dog up here, I will take her. And I did, and I think. You know, you can't ignore fate. But I think she was like fate's way of saying, hey, you need her and she needs you. And I don't know. I took her and she's my best friend. She goes with me to the gym a lot. Everybody loves her. So I really wanted to do this race with her. And I was going to teach her all these things. And I'm still going to teach her all the things. She's in agility with me. But um, yeah. we, we're not going to be able to do the race. <laughs> yeah. Last up, how does your daughter feel about you having a dog with the same name? Oh, I, I renamed her. Oh, okay. Because that could be <laughs> yeah. really weird. Now you just yeah, imagine no, the neighbors are out there yelling for the dog, and they're like, why is he yelling <laughs> for a kid like he's a dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we changed her name. But it was just so weird. My daughter's yeah. name is Brenna, and it's not a terribly common name. And just no. for them to have named this dog Brenna, it was, I don't know, it was weird. That's great. That's that's a dog that needed to come live with you. Right. It's like I can't ignore yeah. this. It'd be like one of those chain letters. If I don't, if I don't adopt this dog, I'm gonna have like ten years of bad luck. So I might as well just adopt her. And I did not want three dogs. <laughs> oh, dogs but are the best, though. They are. She's the best. She likes to spoon with me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. She's funny. Yeah, she goes to my gym yeah. with me. Hangs out. I have a really awesome gym. I love my gym. That's cool. Yeah. yeah my my, dog, my, my physical dog therapy. Your dog goes places with you? No, he can't. He's a jerk. Oh, he can't. No, no. It's one of the things, and I've never understood why. I mean, I think it's partly we got him. He was a uh, He was a barn dog. And... He was the last of the litter, like all the other puppies had been adopted. He was it. Oh, no. And I think he was the right. And he was, like when we first got him, he he had huge food issues. If he was eating and you came within like five feet of him, he'd like attack you. So it took us a long time oh, to gosh. break him of that. But, but we've never been able to get him completely broken of like going after anybody that comes near us. And he's 10. Oh. And when I first got him, he was supposed to be my running partner. So I would take him to go running with me, and anybody got within, like, 10 feet of me. And this was when he was, like, six months old. He's snarling and, you know, going to town trying to get to these people, like, get away from my guy. And so I just I could never take him running. But it was like, well, okay, you're kind of a jerk dog, but you're my dog now, so you're still going to let it stay with me. So, which makes it interesting because we do workouts at my house, so I always have to, like, hide him in a room somewhere so he doesn't eat the people when they show up to work out. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, that would not be good for your that would not be good. He wouldn't have any repeats. <laughs> no. He's getting a little bit better. We give him C B D oil before people come over and he calms him down a little bit. But he's well, just he's always, he's always been a little bit angry, but he's a good puppy around everybody else. So I mean it's just it's like whatever. So Yeah. They can't yeah. help what happened to them in the past. No. No, and I, and I, I think that's what it was. Yeah, he was, I think he was abused when he was there and everything else, and it's just something he's never completely been able to get over. So, like, he doesn't like people in hats. 
if a man a male person walks in the house, even me sometimes, he'll growl at me. Like wearing a hat, he goes nuts. He can't handle it. Even at 10 years later, like he does not like anyone wearing a hat. It's really weird, but okay. So, One of yeah. my, my other dogs, he's eight-ish now or something. He doesn't like anything with wheels. And he's better now because he's older. But when I first got him, he was 10 months or something. We, we couldn't walk down the street with bikes or skateboards or even lawnmowers. He would try to attack everything with wheels. It was awful. So, yeah, I don't know what happened to him. It's, it's, yeah, it's like, whatever. Sorry. I'll just, I'll just stay away from wheels. You know. <laughs> it's like you said, you never know what the animals, you never know what they do. Like my wife's dog, we got her when she was about 10 months old, 10 or 11 months old. And uh, she never made a noise. Wouldn't bark nothing for, I think, almost a year. Wow. And then it was kind of like the first time she barked, she kind of looked at us real, like we were going to do something. And it's like, okay, that was weird. She finally barked. But so I think the people oh, wow. that had her before us probably like would beat her if she barked or something. She just yeah, wouldn't oh, make a sheep. And it was so weird. Then all of a sudden she barked, and then she realized we weren't going to beat her when she barked. So now she does it all the time. And no, it's kind of annoying, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> Can't animal. No, no, but you gotta love the animals like they're they're family. So you know they they, they all have issues like like people do. So. <laughs> It was hard when I lived with my parents and my animals always sleep in my bed and they're always with me and my parents' house, they're not allowed to run around the house and I, and they couldn't be around me too much because they might hurt me. Yeah. So that was so hard and they were so sad. <laughs> it was so sad. Yeah, I, I can only imagine because that's like kind of, you know, they, they want to jump on you. They want to do everything they did before and they don't mm -hmm. realize that, you know, your, your mommy's hurt. <laughs> You can't jump on mommy. You know. She's been hurt. You're going to hurt her more. And they don't understand. And then they they feel like they, they're they getting in trouble. And they're like, but I've always done this, Mom. What's the problem? So, the first time oh, I yeah. took them to my parents' house when I did a race after, you know, when I, when I traveled, I, I, was, I was like, I promise, I promise I'm going to be back. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, animals. Well, do you have anything else you want to say in closing? I mean, we're almost, we're about at the hour mark, so it's been a, a blast talking to you, and I feel like we're best friends now, and we should hang out, but. <laughs> well, you come to Colorado, you you let me know. <laughs> I'll have to come out there someday, so. Yeah, you will. It, There's plenty of races down here. Yeah, I haven't been out there for any. I mean, I, I've. And I'm trying to decide next year. I'm thinking next year I, I'm going to back off a little bit and actually do more local races mm -hmm. and, and focus less on traveling. But I do want to get out to Colorado in some of those races. I'll, maybe I'll have to get out there one day because there's what Fort Benning yeah. and a few other like the Spartan ones. And then I'm sure you got all sorts of locals. So, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, there's tons. It's, it's pretty awesome. Like, there's always something to do in summer. We just had an, a, a snow one, which I didn't go to because I don't like cold or snow. It was an no. abominable 5K, and uh, they had tons of snow. And they did sledding and stuff, which sounds fun, but I don't like yeah. being cold. So. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't like being here right now. I'm staring out the window at the snow coming down, and 
It's what they call the Snowmageddon 2019. We had had like six inches of snow on last Sunday, and now Mm -hmm. they're saying we could probably get another like seven or eight inches today, and it's like, this is like Western Washington. We don't do this. (laughs) We don't do this snow thing. What What are you doing, Doug? So, yeah. It's been in the negatives here a few times at night lately. I can't even walk my dog. It's too cold. Yeah, see, that's uh, I'm one of the ones, those ones. My my wife gets cold if it's anything below like 80 degrees, and <laughs> we always argue because she likes it really hot. I don't. I don't like being hot, but it's like I would rather be cold because I can put on more clothes. And if right. it's hot, I can only take off so many before the kids get uncomfortable. But right. It, it's finally getting to a point now where I'm like, okay, I want the heat. This is too cold. I mean, I get being a little cold, but th- this is ridiculous. So, yeah. When, when it's negative numbers, either negative or down to at least even single digits, even the teens, I'm like, yeah, this is too much. I'm done. So, yeah. It's getting into your bones. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, and I mean, you, you probably know this, too, now. It's like when you have injuries like that, when it gets cold, they hurt. You always mm-hmm. think they're kidding when they, you know, when they old, you know, when you were a kid and all the old people, which are us now, but <laughs> we're talking about like, oh, when it, I know when it's going to rain or it's going to be cold, you know, my joints hurt. And I'm like, yeah, you're crazy. Now I'm like in my forties going, I get it now. Mm, I know. It starts raining, I, that knee starts to ache or, you know, right now it's cold as heck and my knees are like, I hate you. I hated you already, but now I hate you more. But... <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I, I I don't like that at all. No, that's that's been a not fun part. No, I'll it's not. Probably the other non-fun part. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like I said, I mean, you fought your way back from it. I mean, you've had, you know, seems like a good attitude about it. I'm sure there's been you've had your days. We all do. But I mean, for the yeah. most part, I mean, it's just you're you're pushing through it, and you're like, okay. Just like a race. This is an obstacle. I need to get past it, and then we'll be all good. So yes. I, I, I applaud you. I, I'm definitely, like I said, I mean, you're an inspiration to me. And like I said, part of that is that you don't know why. That yeah. you're just you're just Kim. That's it. Yep. So. Can't imagine doing it any other way. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Right. Hopefully Karina's proud of me. Just you know, if she is watching in any sort of way, then she knows, and I have to believe that she does. She knows what I've been through more than anyone ever will or know, and and then I'm trying. That's that's all I want. I just want her to know that I'm trying. There's no way she's not proud of you. I'm sure she's looking down at you now, and she's proud as can be and smiling at everything you do. I mean, it's. I hope so. You're an inspiration I, to I so many so others. I have so much guilt. <laughs> I'm yeah. So much the guilt. survivor's guilt. I, I've terrible. heard of the. I've heard of the survivor's guilt, and I mean, it's it's a horrible thing. But you're you're doing the best you can with what you were given. I mean, for whatever reason, you're the yep. one that you're one of the ones that made it through, and you've turned that into a a positive by doing all the things you're doing and doing the mad and all that stuff and talking to others and trying to help others. And I mean, you're just doing what you can. Like yes. I said, you're an inspiration to me and I'm sure you're an inspiration okay. to a lot of others. So, 
Thank you. All right. Oh, yeah. Do you have any anything else you want to say to the, the listeners in closing? Well, uh, Stacy hears this. I love him to death. He's been awesome. He helped me out a lot last year. He's 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 great. No, Stacy. So, I love Stacy. So he's just great. I hope he understands he how much I appreciate him. But sometimes you can't quite put it in words. But he's been great, and yeah, I have a lot of people that I owe a lot of things to just for being my friend and putting up with me and <laughs> just I don't know I just I could never thank them enough though that's, that's the thing though is yeah. that's the great part about friends is really you don't owe them anything your friendships are what they do it for yeah so. I've, it's been it's been interesting because I had friends that I thought were really good friends like totally just decided not to be my friend anymore and then people that I didn't know are now like my best friends and it's, it's been it's, really weird. That happens with a, a, a crazy, or a, you know, a traumatic event like that. I mean, you find out, I've seen it so many times in my life and other people's lives when everything goes wrong, you find out who your real friends are and sometimes you're surprised by like, I kind of thought you were an acquaintance. And barely even that, but now I'm realizing you're a true friend where these people I've known for years that I thought were my best friends have just disappeared. So it's a, yeah. it sometimes it takes a, a traumatic event to find out who your real friends are. So and I, yeah. I'm sure they I'm sure they know you appreciate them. So all right. <laughs> well so thanks for talking to me. Oh, anytime. It was great. I mean, if you ever want to do this again, let me know. I would love to talk to you again. It was a blast. So, All right. All right. Well, thank you, Kim. And you have a, a great evening. And I'm going to go try not and, you know, deal with the snow pop, snow apocalypse. So. <laughs> okay. Well, you be safe. All right. You too. Okay. Bye. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors. If you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you. Because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.